time for the Retirement Roadmap Podcast with registered financial consultant, Glenn Mosseller. Well, it's another edition of the Retirement Roadmap Podcast. Welcome. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Glenn Mosseller, registered financial consultant and the founder and president of Roadmap Financial Consulting, serving you in Greensboro and the surrounding areas with an office on Muir's Chapel Road. You can find Glenn online at any time at roadmapfinancial.com. Dot com. Look for the free consultation button at the bottom of the page. Glenn, you ready for another great episode today? Absolutely, Walter. <laughs> what, what's on What's on tap this week? Well, we're going to talk about uh, like when you know when you, someone comes up to you and they say, "Do you want the good news or the bad news first, Glenn? Do you Do you select the good news or the or the bad news?" <laughs> Well, I guess the, the context makes a difference, right, Walter? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. It might depend on who's delivering that message, right? Well, yeah, and what and what and what what, what are we talking about here? So, just so, so just like every financial question I ask you, you're saying this one depends as well. <laughs> well, you know, it's like you know, you you you, you got to hear it all before you you know you you got to get the details before you kind of you know step into it. I mean it. You know, it's just kind of a, it's kind of second nature for me to say it's like I need I need more information to understand it because it's like <laughs> if you jump too quick, it's it's uh, oftentimes you end up, uh, you know, you know, it's like, oh, well, if I had only known that, then it would have been a different answer. Right. 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 Well, on today's show, Glenn, I'm going to give you the, the bad news first, and then I'm going to try and follow it up with some good news. And sometimes that works great. Right. You get bad news and then you, you hear some good news right after it. But uh, and it may you know make up for the bad news. We're going to look at some situations in the financial world where that doesn't always pan out, where the good news eh, doesn't always offset the bad. And then I want to explore how you, as a planner, uh, help people react to these situations and and what you would do in these various situations to guide them to the right direction. And some of these may be varying levels of bad news and good news. I'll start you off with one that's uh, a good example here. So let's say that uh, you, you have to tell somebody that uh, you know, the bad news is that you still have a lot of debt to deal with, but the good news is that some of the interest you're paying is tax deductible. Does that good news really override much of that bad news? Typically not, Walter. You know, typically not. I mean, you know, again, it depends, obviously, but there's such little interest, um, you know, that is that is really deductible anymore, particularly on a, on, a, on a personal level. You know, I mean, you know, the uh, interest on you know on a, on a home loan, particularly if it was acquis- you know, what they call acquisition debt, right? When you when you first bought the house. But um, you know, the thing about it is, is that you know, when you start looking at in order to be able to deduct, you know, interest. You know, you have to look at, you know, well, that means that you're itemizing, which means that, you know, in, in today's world, you know, if we go back a couple a couple of years when the when the tax law changed, I think everybody's kind of familiar with the idea that the uh, standard deduction, you know, increased significantly when they did away with the with the personal exemptions. And so now you have to have a whole lot of itemized deductions in order to, you know, to be able to itemize, you know, because typically, you know, a lot of folks end up with the, you uh, Using the standard deduction because there's just not enough itemized deductions to overcome that you know that high, that high level of of deductions that are there you know that are just there as for the taking under the standard. So if you've got that much interest, um, we may have Houston, we may have a problem, right? And so we you know we just need to we need to take a look at it. And then if you do, then we need to look at it as like well how do how are we going to combat that? You know how old are you? How close are you to retirement? Are you on track to getting you know this this debt retired? You know 
is this debt, you know, entirely isolated on the house, which is one scenario, or is do you have a lot of, you know, credit cards or, you know, or, you know, car loans and, you know, personal loans and, you know, all of those types of things, you know, because not all debt is necessarily created equal. You know, there's there's different scenarios that we want to evaluate as to whether or not, you know, uh, what what your situation is and and how are we going to deal with it, but certainly if we've got a lot of debt, we've got it. We've got to think about it, and this, and, and being able to write off the interest. I mean, you kind of think about it like this: whenever you have, get a tax deduction, that simply means that that it, that deduction is going to reduce the amount of your adjusted gross income, and then we find where your taxable income is. So, in essence, let's just hypothetically say you were in the twenty-two percent tax bracket, right? And you have an ex, you know, you have you know an extra hundred dollars of deductions. Well, in real terms, then that means you're, you know, in terms of the federal return, you're getting a write off, you know, you're, you're getting credit for, you know, $22 of that hundred, you know, so you're, you're writing off a hundred dollars on the deduction, but you're only getting $22 off of your you know, tax bill. You know, where's the rest of the money? That's not a good trade off. So we have to be aware of what tax deductions actually do on the, you know, in, in terms of the dollars in your pocket. Does that make sense, Walter? It does, yeah. And and that's why that's that good news, bad news. Uh, flip of the coin isn't necessarily equal sides of that coin. You know, depending on how much debt you've got in that initial bucket, ooh, that can be uh, far outweighing of any sort of uh, comparison just to the tax deductibility of something. So that's a good example to get us started here, Glenn. What about this one? Uh, the bad news is that the mutual fund you have hasn't performed very well, but the good news is that the fees are pretty low. <laughs> I think I would chuckle if somebody told me that, right? Well, yeah, and it goes. It depends upon you know what what are we looking for here, right? You know, you know, are we in the accumulation years? You know, where we're we're looking to you know to try to have as you know as much return as possible, which obviously also means that we're gonna we're willing to to ride that roller coaster and you know and have more risk. You know, if you or are you more in the preservation and distribution years where? part of your performance is, is that you're looking for maybe less volatility, right? And so, you know, you have to look at, you know, all of what is it that you're looking for in terms of performance. But, you know, ultimately it's like, you know, I mean, you, you want your, you know, your, the money that you've, that you set aside, you know, into different accounts, whether it just be an investment account or a retirement account, you want it to be doing what you want it to do. If you're focused on growth with that particular fund and it's not it's not you know producing that kind of growth, then you know it doesn't really matter you know if the if the fees are pretty low, I mean that's kind of nice that the fees are low, but you have to look at the whole picture if that makes sense, right? You know on the other hand, you know if you're more into you know, you're already retired or you're getting ready to retire and you're, and you're and you're not looking for quite as much you know growth potential and you're looking for you know less volatility in, in, in the fund. And maybe it hasn't, you know, given you all the upside that the market has done. But if it's designed, if that particular fund is designed to have less volatility, it probably won't track all of the upside of the market, but it also won't necessarily track all of the downside either. And, you know, and you can kind of look at, you know, one of the things that you might want to look at is, is like, if you were, if you were holding that, if you're holding that fund, for the balance of this entire year, you can kind of go back and take a look and see, well, how did it how did it perform when the markets were roaring, you know, higher? And how did it do when when the markets were, you know, were, you know, were just tumbling just over a year ago, you know, when when the markets were down when we when we first started, you know, hearing and understanding, you know, the what was going to happen with the coronavirus, right? Because we had a we had a mini crash back then. And within that year, we've seen this, you know, unbelievable crash and an unbelievable, you know, um, you know, rally to the upside. So that would be a, that would be a good, you know, 
snapshot in time to be able to to take a look at you know at a, at a performance of something that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to always act that way but it does give you a little bit of insight in terms of you know what you know what you might be looking for or what you know what what how certain um, market conditions are going to you know cause you, you that particular fund to you know to move in the marketplace you with me Walter yeah, I'm with you. Having just moved uh, to a new office, I feel like this is the equivalent of, you know, the movers saying, hey, we broke most of your stuff. But good news is we didn't charge you very much because not much of it made it to the destination. You know? <laughs> like, yeah, right. OK, thanks. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, not, not as good of a news as I was expecting to hear um, after you told me you broke all my things. I kind of feel a little bit like that's the equivalent of that question. But uh, definitely a good one to discuss a little bit the uh, more realistic merits of, you know, a mutual fund situation, the fees that your plan is is costing you and those kinds of things. Always good to have context when evaluating these things. Uh, another one here, Glenn. Uh, let's say the bad news is time is running out to save Social Security. We've all seen those headlines. But the good news is politicians want your vote, so they'll probably keep it intact long enough for you to not worry about it. Yeah. Well, I mean... You know, the Social Security is an interesting puzzle, and in the, in the you know, or piece of the puzzle, let's say, in, in the in your in your retirement plan, because you know, for the for vast majority of folks, it's going to be a, a, you know a pretty significant piece of their of their retirement income. And I oftentimes get the question: It's like, you know, well, I've got a few years left. You know, maybe I'm going to retire here, or maybe I'm going to retire there. You know, should I work a couple more years so I have you know more money going into into Social Security? You know, and, and the reality is, is that one of the biggest things you have to remember about Social Security is, is that it's looking at, in, in essence, it's looking at your entire work history, right? I mean, it's going back over 30, you know, 30 to 35 years of, of you know, of, of what you've made and, and they adjusted for inflation and so forth. But it's, it's a little different scenario. You know, I mean, any one year is diluted by, you know, literally decades of, you know, of other work history. It's a lot different than like, you know, if you look at most pensions are going to look at, you know, maybe a three to five year time frame and look at your, you know, look at, you know, what the average is or what your highest, you know, highest three or, you know, highest five were. And, and then, you know, then they're going to base your pension on that. Social security doesn't work exactly that way. So it's, you know, you, you kind of think in terms of, you know, it, we, we got to, you know, you want to look at everything, but, you know, you don't want to you know, consider too much of the last couple of years because it really is not going to impact, you know, how, what is your Social Security gonna benefit going to be, you know, going into the future if it is one or two more years. It, it's, it, it might adjust it a little bit, but it's not going to have a big impact. And as you say, Walter, I mean, Social Security is very likely going to be, I mean, there's the, it's part of our society. It's part of everything. It's part of the tax structure. It's part of the withholdings for anybody who's ever worked. It's always going to be, you know, it's, 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 it's there. It's part of our system. However, that's, you know, that said, you know, it's going to change form. It's changed form lots of times, you know, since, since the 1930s, you know, from, you know, to what it's evolved into now. And there's, you know, I'm, I'm sure that there's going to be more evolution over time. And the reality is, is that you, you, you take that as part of your puzzle of, of, of your retirement income and your retirement, and you want to strategize about how you're going to take it, when you're going to take it, and, you know, some tax implications. Also, you know, what are your, what are your Medicare, you know, costs going to be, Medicare Part B, Medicare Part D. Sometimes they're going to, part of the, those costs might be deducted out of your Social Security. So Social Security is a really deep well, and, that we've, and we've got to really kind of look at the whole, the whole picture. 
but I do think that there's there's some element there that that, that politicians realize that that folks have kind of feel like that they've worked their whole lives for it. So so it's kind of like that third rail. They don't they don't really want to touch it, and it's all very likely going to stay there. Question is is in, in what form and you know and who will the, the possible future changes affect? That's a great point, Glenn, and that's a really good one to discuss and have on our minds today. One more example that I think is good to bring up here of the good news, bad news flip that happens. And this is when it looks at the uh, portfolio. And, uh, you know, it kind of takes us back to that mutual fund example, but a little bit different flavor here. You know, the bad news, and many heard this last year, uh, your portfolio just lost about 40%. Uh, But the good news is it'll come back eventually. Yeah. Well, you know, again, I mean, it, you know, how, how old are you? How, how much distance do we have between, you know, where you are now and when you're going to retire? How dependent are you going to be on that portfolio for retirement income, right? Because if you're, you know, let's say that you're, you know, 35, 40, maybe even 50 years old and you're, you know, maybe, you know, 15, 20 years or longer away from retirement, well, then it's probably not as big a deal as, as if you were somebody who's, you know, 65 to 70 years old and you're, you're, you're planning to draw money out or you're going to have to draw money out of those accounts. Well, if you're starting to take money out and it's currently down, you know, or if it's going to be down for, you know, for a few years, then those withdrawals are incredibly expensive withdrawals versus somebody who's much younger and still in those saving years and you know and, and they're and they're looking at that 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 drop of 40% as a buying opportunity to buy more shares at lower prices whereas you're looking at a scenario where it's like oh my gosh I'm going to have to take money out and that means that, that my account's going to get depleted you know you know much quicker and I'm also you know to 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 add insult to injury I'm probably going to have to pay taxes on it too so it's it's a, it's there is a, there's an element of when does this happen and you know and what is your time horizon and you know what is what are all those those factors look like because it's not the same you know a 40% drop in, in, in an account is not the same for all people right it's you know for some people it you know it's funny enough i mean it it, it sounds crazy but if you're relatively young and you're putting money away, a 40% drop in, you know, in, in the overall you know, marketplace and the value of your account, you might not have that much saved yet. And you have the opportunity to buy a whole lot more shares at lower prices you know, while, while the market stays depressed. That's good news for you, you know, if you really think it all the way through. But if you're, if you're sitting there just at the precipice of retirement or you're already retired, it's, you know, it's 180 degrees different. And so we've got to we've got to kind of look at that. Do we have a plan in place to make sure that you're going to be okay no matter what the market does? But it's it's kind of hard to to be consoled when you think it's like, well, it eventually come back because you know sometimes it comes back really rapidly, like it did over the last year. But other times, you know, it literally takes years for it to come back. And in the meanwhile, you know, what is that what is that doing to you know your your the possibility of of, of allowing your money to last your entire lifetime when you're when you're having to take you know money out to live off of or it, the government by required minimum distributions is is you know you have to take it out. Those are some big pieces of the puzzle, and we got to make sure that we've got a plan in place that 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 makes it so that regardless as to what happens, you're going to be okay. And you just you know you you've got you've got to kind of take the good with the bad. That's true, but we've got to we've got to make sure that the bad news that could potentially happen doesn't you know put your retirement you know plans into ruins. That's a great point, Glenn, and always good to be thinking about these kinds of things, and I'm glad that we got to cover a lot of ground on today's show. If you have any questions that are similar to what we've talked about here, if you've heard some of this good news, bad news conversation about your finances, and that good news doesn't outweigh that bad news that you've heard, or you need help putting these kinds of things into context, 
don't hesitate to reach out. You can reach Glenn by calling 336-291-3535. That's 336-291-3535. Or go online to roadmapfinancial.com and click the free consultation button at the bottom of the page to schedule a time to meet from your smartphone or computer. Again, roadmapfinancial.com, the place to go to do that. Another episode in the books. Glenn, thank you for the help, and uh, we'll talk again next week. All right, Walter. Take care. You do as well. That's another edition of the Retirement Roadmap Podcast. Talk again soon.